Alright, Ephesians chapter 6. Alright, let's read verses 10 through 12. These, these, we've read them so many times, and I know it's familiar, but my, it, I just can't find the bottom of it. Alright, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to, be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So tonight we're going to talk a few minutes here about spiritual wickedness. All right. Father, thank you for the good song and thank you for the singing we did together. Thank you for the Word of God and the truths that are here. Please help us now. Lord, can't really uh, explain or make this clear if you don't help me. I pray you would. pray you'd open the understanding of the hearers and Lord, that they would listen on purpose and then study this out and think and see farther than what I've got time to talk about here tonight in this matter. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, now, spiritual wickedness. It must have some significant difference than just, uh, than just plain wickedness. It doesn't say wickedness in high places. It says spiritual wickedness in high places. So there's a difference. Now, you know, all through this that we've been preaching in this series, if you want to call it that, the word spiritual means non-sensual. It means relative to the mind only. Where's the battlefield? In the mind. That's right. And so, it's not carnal. Spiritual means not carnal or physical. So we're talking about spiritual wickedness. When we think about wickedness and sin, we just tend to think only of carnal, fleshly. I mean, that's, you hear that so much. The flesh, the flesh, the flesh. And, and, we, and they even, most Baptists preach that that is the reason we sin. And that's the source of our sin. And, and you know, my goodness. So utterly wrong. Spirit has to do with that vital principle that controls and sustains our life. As the body without the Spirit is dead. Even so, faith without works. You know. Now, carnal wickedness is not the same thing as spiritual wickedness. There's got to be a difference or this phrase wouldn't be in the Bible. You know, obviously, it's very possible to be spiritually wicked and appear righteous outwardly. The Bible's clear about that in Matthew 23 and verses 25 through 28. Jesus here, and oh my, this, this uh, scalding sermon that he preached to these Pharisees. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter. But within they're full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are likened to whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones. And of all uncleanness, even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within are ye, ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. So, huh, you can appear clean on the outside and be spiritually wicked on the inside. Now, if there is a greater wickedness, then it must be spiritual wickedness, wouldn't you think? It's more serious. It's more subtle because it's not seen. We see the outward manifestations of carnal sin. We can see it. But those inward things, you know, the spirit is unseen. It's unseen. It's something that we can't uh, touch or, or feel or see with physical senses. It's spiritual wickedness that justifies 
carnal wickedness and provides the occasions for it. Are you listening? Are you thinking? It's spiritual wickedness that justifies carnal wickedness and provides the occasion for it. The, the iniquity, he said the inside, they were full of hypocrisy and iniquity. He talks about out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And out of the, and out of the, what comes out of the mouth is what defiles a man because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Out of the heart proceed all these evil thoughts and all of this. What in the world? Well, it's, it's spiritual. It's what goes on inside, out of sight. Spiritual wickedness is what we're talking about here. And that's what we're up against. Our battle is against spiritual wickedness in high places. You know, it's spiritual wickedness. Satan reasoned with Eve and worked on her mind and her spirit before she actually reached out with her hand and took that fruit to her lips. There was spiritual wickedness before there was carnal, fleshly wickedness. So then... That is, that's why when there is spiritual wickedness in the high places, carnal wickedness abounds and grows like a cancer very quickly. We've seen it happen in our land. You know, we that are older tell you often about how it used to be and how it used to be a different world and what was, what's, what's okay now was, was, you know, what was wrong then is okay now. So many things. And it's because spiritual wickedness has taken the high places in a big way in this country. Now, our spiritual battle, you know, it's not with the masses of people, but it's with spiritual wickedness, especially when it's found in high places. This is what the verse is talking about here to us. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Now, the principalities, that means the government, the high offices of government, religion. It's the places of authority of every aspect of life. Education, religion, government. Now, it's medicine is a big deal. It's one of the high places. Um, our battle is not with the masses of people. You know, we say often, what is the matter with everybody? You know, we look at the masses of people and we blame the people for being so ignorant. Well, people are just like sheep. Jesus looked at them that way. He looked on the multitudes and had compassion on them for they were sheep scattered without a shepherd. And that's, where, that's what we got now. You know, I'm astounded like we were talking here a week or two ago. I was so astounded when that girl walked out of here and asked me that question. And then, and then Esther went to work and asked a woman at work and it got the same answer. They didn't have any idea. And she's a church going. Yeah. And so, you know, people are just, it's the ignorant masses. Adolf Hitler got in power because of that. Every leader gets in power because of that. Every wicked leader, spiritually wicked leader, he takes advantage of the ignorance of the masses and the, their lack of a shepherd, lack of any guidance. And that's how they get in, get in power and hold on to their power. Our battle is not with the people, but with them. Principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world, and those spiritually wicked people that are in high places. Do you realize what I'm saying to you? That's what we're wrestling against in this world right now. Now, high places, do you know what they are? They're places of authority. They're the political places of authority, the high places. The White House is a high place. The Congress is a high place. The courts are high places. The religious high places. Well, the Pope's a high place. We know he's not real. We know that he's not of God. But he's, a high, he's in a high place. 
what he says carries is the authority with a big part of the world. And with a lot of the spiritually wicked political leaders, they pay attention to what he says. They, they take it counsel from him and they even obey him. It's spiritual wickedness in that high place. It's spiritual wickedness in these other high places. Religious high places include the, you know, all these organized religions and their, whatever you want to call it, their associations and their, their organizations where they've got the hierarchy of power and they got somebody at the top who calls the shots. I saw the other day where Texas, the Texas Southern Baptist okayed women preachers. <laughs> Well, that's spiritual wickedness. See, that's not just carnal, lust, animal, appetite, uh, sin. That's spiritual wickedness. Man, I hope I can get this across tonight, what, I'm, what I want to say to you about this. But medical, that's become a high place. You do whatever the doctor says. Yes. The doctor's... I mean, we've got to the place. Who's this Fauci? Well, how do you say his name? Fauci. Fauci. Who's he? What? What? What does he have? Was he elected? Was he? I mean, was he sent of God some way? <laughs> who is he? And who cares what he says? But he's he's speaking with authority. He's calling the shots because he's a doctor. Well, there's doctors in the Congress like, uh, what's his name? Rand Paul. But they ain't paying much attention to what he says. Any doctor that don't toe the line with their propaganda, with their spiritual wickedness, don't count. They don't get a hearing. They don't have a say. They don't have a, an, a door to open, a microphone to talk to. The high places are the news media. They've got the ears of everybody. The entertainment industry, all these celebrities and stuff. Who cares what they say and what they think and what their opinion is and who are they? Some can't even tie their shoes and they're going to tell everybody what's right and wrong and which way this country ought to go. And they can't stay, stay sober long enough to even talk right. So the high places are those places of authority, political, religious, medical, and education. There's another high place. You know, the, the, it's not public schools, it's government schools. And it's not schools anymore. It's places of indoctrination and child care. You know, that's what it is. Amen. Yes, it's a cult. You know, it's a, it has a religious power to it because uh, you know of so many reasons but anyway yes. it's a high place when you read about the high places back in the old testament it was the same thing they were talking about the same thing they wasn't talking about a big altar on top of a high hill somewhere high place no it was the high places the places of authority the places that were controlled by by people who were spiritually wicked the strongholds of spiritual wickedness in the high places is what makes it a struggle for the righteous who regards who regard God's law. Proverbs 29 and verse 2 says, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked bear, beareth rule, the people mourn. See, the righteous in authority, they don't bear rule. But the wicked bear rule. Now, in order to get a hold of that authority and get that high place, the wicked will promise to not bear rule. They'll accuse the righteous of bearing rule. I can remember not too far back, you know, I mean, a decade or two where that they were talking about how you couldn't legislate morality because, you know, of abortion and the fight against abortion and all of this stuff. Boy, now they can just legislate. They don't even have to legislate nothing. They can just declare it. They can decree it. Yeah. And it's law. And how dare you challenge us? When the wicked 
beareth rule. That's the way they do. Always. The wicked never rule over a people with generosity and kindness and justice and truth. You remember what I read to you the other night, that quote of Adolf Hitler where he thought he was the the standard bearer for justice and truth. A Christian. Special protection by a God. Because he stood for truth and justice while he was murdering his whole country. Systematically. But it's what makes life a struggle for the righteous. Now, that's what the verse is telling us here. Our battle is against those that spiritual wickedness in high places. The very business and goal of Satan and all his devils is to destroy the moral order of God's creation. And they're ceaseless in that effort. The devil wants to break down the moral order of God's creation. Is that right? That's what he's about. I mean, if you want to sum it all up in a few words, that's what he's about. And that's what all the, all the fallen angels and all that are on his side, all the people who have joined up with him, that's what it's about. They want to tear, they want to rid this earth of any semblance of morality from God. They want to break his bands asunder and cast his chain. Or, I always get it back. You know how I am. But they want loose from God. They want rid of God. They don't want any kind of restrictions. They despise dominion when it comes to moral law. Well, that's spiritual wickedness. So, from the high places, since that's their business, from the high places they can make the laws of the land. They can forbid what's good and permit and even command what is evil. We're living in times like that. Brace yourself. There's more coming. More's on the way. If you think getting vaccinated is a real thing, just wait to what they got lined up for us next. If that's a real challenge for you, then you're going you're in for a rough ride. Wars are always started by one man or a handful of men. It's not the masses who start wars. It's not the common people who just want to work and live and raise their family and sleep at night and, and be left alone. They don't start wars. It's a man or a handful of men who start wars. Wars are always started that way. When, when, a, when, a, when a people is oppressed and sub, subjugated, it's always by one man or by a handful of men. Think, are you thinking with me? That's how it is. Think about that. So our warfare, our battle is, uh, is with those principalities and those powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. Do you know right now there's less than 600 people who run this country. The Congress and the President, if you added them all up, those 500 and some people What's to stop 380 million people from going and rounding up those 560 people and putting them somewhere where they can't ruin everything? What's keeping that from happening? <laughs> it's a spiritual battle. That's what's going on. And it's just like always. You know, the Germans could have risen up against Adolf Hitler. Any despot in all of the ages it could have been done away with in a matter of an hour if the people just stood up against him. But the spiritual power that he's wielding keeps it from happening. So everybody just sits until... <laughs> like in Germany as they watch the cattle cars go by and wipe the ashes off of their cars that came from the from the furnaces in, in the death camps after they yeah, when they come out from church. That really is the truth. That's what happened. When a country is destroyed, it is by the command of one man or a handful of men. 
the course of human history has been dominated by the influence and the exploits of the Hamans and the Pharaohs and the Herods and the Sauls and the Rehoboams and the Manassas and the Nazis and the Communists and the Ayatollahs. And in spite of there being much more evil than good among the leaders of men, righteousness has always prevailed in the end. And there's reasons for that. That ought to cheer you up. Truth always prevails in the end. Adolf Hitler didn't think it would. He, the Third Reich, the thousand year reign, he, he was all set for that. Didn't happen. Didn't last five years. When he got all the world on him, it didn't, it didn't last even that long before he was done. First of all, the reason there's reasons for the fact that truth and righteousness always prevail. First of all, because there's a God in heaven who's the Almighty and who's righteous and holy. And the power of truth and righteousness is greater than the power of sin and wickedness. That is so important right there that you understand and get that. The power of truth and righteousness is greater than the power of sin and wickedness. Well, you better look around. I'm looking around. I'm looking around all the way back in the history of man and I see the same thing. The, 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 the reign of the wicked, their, their rule, their time is short. They're soon cut off. Because it's all wrong. See, their whole... Their whole uh, philosophy of everything is built on rebellion against yes. what's right, right and love for that which is yeah. evil. And so they cannot form a lasting uh, union, confederacy. They can't do it. They, they're full of hate and they're full of selfishness and full of rebellion. And, they're not, and so they, the wicked man uses that to bond them together to defeat the righteous. But then as soon as they think they've got that done, then they turn on each other and eat each other up. They dig a pit, and then they fall in it themselves. The power, that power has been entrusted to God's people individually and as the church of Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Now that's the end of the story. They overcame him. Who's they? God's people. They overcame him. We have, uh, who's him? Who'd they overcome? The devil. Yes, sir. The, the, the ringleader of all of the spiritual wickedness. And so, we have Christ as our captain. We got His Word as our sword. And all the armor that He's provided for us in this chapter, we're told about it, to stand against this spiritual wickedness in high places. And our orders, what are our orders? It's to stand. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. That's Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 and 14. Our orders are to stand. <laughs> Get it. We're not to go to Washington and burn the place down. We're to stand for truth and righteousness. Listen to this verse. It's in Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 4. If the spirit of the ruler rise up against thee, leave not thy place. For yielding pacifieth great offenses. Stay where you're at. Don't compromise. Don't back up. Don't give no ground. Stand your ground for truth and righteousness. That's our orders. It makes it a lot more easy for us to figure out what to do when, with all these issues. 
And let me tell you something. I, I can assure you that the farther we get into this, the easier it's going to be for you to figure out what you ought to do. We must face the enemy and stand on the truth with our armor on and our weapon drawn. You got to face the enemy. You can't just always be a hiding and a running and a, in denial and excusing and believing it's not true and making excuses and all of this. You got to face him. Now let me tell you something. If a, if a dog starts barking at you and chasing you, you better not run. You better turn right around and face him down. I've done that a few times. It's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, well, it's pretty nervy, nerve wracking. But it's better than getting bit in the hind end. Let me tell you that for sure. Because that's what's going to happen when you turn your back and run. He can outrun you, and he's going to get you. Man, I was big dog, man, he was mean, and he about got me and your dad. We was in Mexico, and we walked down the street, and, here, and this woman had her gate open sweeping, and out came that dog. And boy, I mean, he was just none but teeth and right at my feet and just growling and a-barking. And, and I just stood my ground, you know, and inside I was going, Lord, help me! But, <laughs> but I kept looking at that dog, and I, and I couldn't speak any of the language then. We were just on a trip down there. But I told that woman, I said, you better call this dog off. And she wouldn't. She just let him, she was going to let him eat us up, I guess. But uh, he finally decided he wasn't going to bite me, so he went back in his place. But that's just how we got to do with the devil. He'll do the same thing to us. He'll scare you to death. I mean, he'll make you believe that he's going to get you, and, and he will if you don't face him. You gotta face the enemy. Now you got more on your side than he's got on his side. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's him. You face him with your armor on and your sword drawn, and he has to stop. Right there. Man, I would like to. I wish I was able to explain this better, but I mean, I've had experiences in my life where I've seen how this is. You ever have to really face the devil? I mean, in somebody else or, you know, in a, in a, in a conflict or something with people, man, I've, <laughs> sometimes I think I've seen his face. Oh. But I've also seen that what I'm telling you is true. You stand on, you resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. But in order to resist him, you've got to face him. And you've got to face the enemy. You've got to face up to who he is, and what he's doing, and that he is the enemy. And then, what do you do? Stand. You stand. And you don't uh, leave your place. Spiritual wickedness is when the authority of God is set aside and replaced with the authority of a man or men. Now that's really what it is. Legalized abortion is legalized murder. And it's spiritual wickedness because it is directly contrary to the law of God. See? Legalized sodomy is spiritual wickedness. Same reason. Legalized prostitution is spiritual wickedness. And when fornication is facilitated and protected by the authorities, it is spiritual wickedness, whether it's in the churches or in the government. And when laziness and waste and dependency is encouraged by the government, it is spiritual wickedness doing that. It's not just a bunch of fools and ignorant things. It's spiritual wickedness. It is an organized... I mean, strategic plan to bring down the moral order of God. And it's done it, boy, in our country. Can't you see how it's done? It is, mu it is financially impossible for people to get married and have kids and have health, you know, all that. That's the way the world looks. And it pretty much is. Now, you, you just got to... You're much better off 
tax-wise, every which way, if you just shack up and have kids. I've had issues with older people after they lose their spouse or something, you know. And uh, I came to church one time and they asked me, he said, you know, he lost his wife and he had this girlfriend. But if they got married, they're going to lose a check. He, she was. And so, you know, would, what did I think about them just getting married by a church covenant and then just putting themselves down as not married with the government? I said, well, man, one sin's as bad as the other. You're going to have to lie to do that. Well, I never thought of that. But, you know, you can't do that. But see, I'm talking about the government is encouraging with money and everything else immorality. I mean, you know that, don't you? You know that young people can get married to old people. It doesn't matter. Just as long as you can have babies, you can, you can just shack up and have babies. You get a check and you get everything you need for each one of them. Lots of people making big money by just running their home like a dog farm. Sorry, but it's ugly. It's wickedness. It's filthiness. It's immorality. It's wrong. And so there's no need to use flowery language to talk about it. You might as well just call a spade a spade. Laziness and wickedness and waste and dependency. Just look around us. Look at this county right here. Look at the county we live in right north of here. You know what the... Well, you said it the other day. You know what the retirement plan is? Work a little bit and get disabled. Get checked. Or else, just get you some old gal and start having babies. You can just lay around, drink beer, and smoke pot and get them checks, them food stamps. Wickedness, wickedness is departure from the rules of the divine law. That's what the dictionary says wickedness is. So if spiritual wickedness is departure from the rules of divine law, it's an evil disposition or practices. Immorality, crime, sin, sinfulness, corrupt manners. Wickedness generally signifies evil practices. It's, a, it's your way of looking at things. Wickedness is a, like a, I want to say philosophy, but that's not the exact word that describes. It's your way of thinking. It's your concept of, of what's right and wrong. Wickedness is the opposite of righteousness, of submission to God of obeying God's law. Wickedness is the total opposite of it. It's departure from the rules of the divine law. So it's spiritual wickedness that justifies and creates the occasion for carnal wickedness. Do you all see that? Animals have no morals because they're not moral beings. They simply live by their carnal desires and instincts. A lot of people, most people, live the same way. And that's fact. Just fact, ugly fact, but it's fact. Most people live just like animals. However, there's a threshold where carnal wickedness becomes spiritual wickedness. Listen to me. Now, I ain't going to be long now. We're getting close to the end of this. But when carnal desire is driven by hatred and contempt for the moral authority of God and His Word, it's no longer just carnal wickedness, but spiritual wickedness. Y'all following me? Most people just, they just live in carnal sin. Carelessly, thoughtlessly, habitually. They just do what feels good, what pleases them, and that's all life means to them. But then there's another level where that you get to this point of you got no right to judge me. And ain't nobody got a right to tell me that what I'm doing is wrong. God or nobody else. You've elevated your guilt. You've increased the gravity of your sin. 
Because it's spiritual wickedness now. It's not just carnal wickedness like an animal. You have set yourself against God. And you are now at war, at enmity with God spiritually. Hope you can understand that. These are those people that when we meet them, we seem to sense an extra measure of darkness. You know what I'm talking about? When you meet people and you just you just think, well, it just kind of sets you back because there's just something evil there. That you can't really put your finger on, but you can just sense there's just a darkness in that soul. I know people who go to independent Baptist churches, they sing, they're big participants and all, and I sense that in them. There's a darkness there. They talk the talk, and at the same time, they're always meddling with, I mean, almost witchcraft and witchy, dark weirdness. People like that really bother me. There's spiritual wickedness there. They're, they're beyond just the careless sinner stage, this uh, level. They're beyond just carnal living. Their sin has an extra dimension to it than just careless carnal lust and appetites. That's why you sense that uneasy feeling when you get around them. Their sinful acts are not only to satisfy their unlawful lust, but to spite the moral authority that forbids them. That's why that you can neuter a pedophile and it won't cure him. There's an evil there beyond the physical. It's more than just physical perversion. This is also the answer to why some people can do certain things for a lifetime and it never takes them to the bottom. And the same vice in others will completely destroy their life and bring them to an early death. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, I've known people that have drank all their life. And just, you know, it never, they still keep their job. They made a lot of money. They got a big estate and all of this. And then I've known other people that got started when we were in school, high school. And I mean, it was just like a... It totally destroyed them. And they're dead. At your young age. Why is that? Well, that's what I'm talking about here tonight. There's another level in their spirit about their sin. That's why you can meet sinners out here and you can talk to some of them and they'll cry. And they'll say, I know I'm not doing right and I know I ought to do better and all of that. And then you'll talk to some other sinner and man, they'll just spit fire at you. You got no right. Who do you think you are? And I'm as good as anybody you've ever went to church with. Don't you tell me that. I don't want to hear it. No, there's it's something else happened in there. They've crossed a threshold. And this is also the, the explanation for why the politicians and the celebrities and the false prophets have so much power to influence the morals of the masses. <laughs> Spiritual. What about all these false prophets and their immorality? You ever consider, well, how in the world can that be? How can, it, how can stuff like that happen in a supposed church where they talk about the Bible and they teach religious, spiritual things and talk about Jesus and then at the same time all of that kind of stuff is justified? Not for everybody, but for the false prophet. How many of them have we seen in the last several years that you know, got uncovered? And that's what they were doing. It's spiritual wickedness. It's not just carnal lust. It's beyond that. They, they are Satan's representatives. These politicians, these celebrities, these false prophets, they're Satan's representatives. 
Now what is he here to do? What is Satan's goal and purpose? And what's he working toward? To break down and destroy the moral order of God's creation. That's what they're doing. The politicians, the celebrities, the false prophets. Do these celebrities promote morality? I mean, love your neighbors yourself and do unto others you'd have others do unto you. Is that what they... You ever hear any of them promoting that lately? Nope. What do they promote? Do it your way. Do what you want. Everything's okay. The government is the same way because these same people have got in the high places of the government. They're Satan's representatives. They're here to do his work in destroying the moral order established by God in his creation. You know, That's why men ought to dress like men and women ought to dress like women. If you hedge on that, you're right in with them. You're breaking down the moral order. That's the basic of morality. It's between male and female. And to make the difference. So they're here to do that. Now they speak to more than just overindulgent and undisciplined and lawless people. They Listen to me. Pay attention. We're just about done here. But this is important. They speak, these politicians, these false prophets, these celebrities that are always running their mouth, they speak to more than just overindulgent, undisciplined, lawless people. They speak to those who hate moral authority and those are the ones who hate God. See, you think that all of these ungodly celebrities that won't keep their clothes on and always filthy and vulgar and profane, you think they're just appealing to the lowest among us. No, they're appealing to some of the high steppers who hate God. They appeal to everybody. The great, I mean, across the spectrum there. The great thing for these spiritually wicked people who are in authority is that the simple-minded, carnally-minded people who live like animals are glad to have them in authority too. So, so that's why they can always win the elections. That's it. You're going to let me do what I want to. You're gonna, but they're lying. <laughs> they're not going to let you do what you want to. Are we more free when they get in authority? They promise them, the Bible says in Peter, they promise them liberty. Oh, but that's not what they get. They get bondage. So they're wicked. So they're not bound by any moral law. So will they, So they'll cheat, they'll kill, they'll steal, lie, whatever else it might take to grab the power and hold on to it. Get into that high place. That's what we're up against. It's the answer for why so many people get off the narrow way and ride hobby horses and and all of that and become obsessed with these trails that they get on. You know, strange philosophies like flat earth people. (laughs) We laugh, but there's there's a growing number of people who are just absolute believers. Alien origins. I'm a ghost, Bigfoot, anything else. All those things are spiritual, strange philosophies, crazy religious ideas. And, you know, now it's health and fitness and diets and all of that. I mean, way beyond overboard. Any of those things, there's a thousand things like that or more that you can just chase off the devil can just get you to chase off and get completely out in la-la land. I've, I've watched it all my spiritual life here and I've seen people start out, you know, balanced and thinking right and when they get obsessed with some any of those things, man, they're gone. They are gone. And you can mark it down. Just wait your time and watch what happens. It ain't going to be long and they'll be against what's right and wrong according to God's law. When you listen to the ungodly of this world, 
they're going to get you. If they've got your ear, they've got your eye, they've got your attention, they're going to get you. They're going to get your mind. Because if they've got your eye and your ear, they're in your mind. And they're influencing your mind with all of their worldly wisdom and secrets and tricks that you, nobody's ever known about until now when they figured it out. So what are we to do about it? Well, the answer is simple. We done, we've already said it, to stand. To stand on the truth always. Well, what is truth? What is truth? Sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. Right here. If it contradicts what you know the word of God says, then you better cull it. Get away from it. You better stand on what God says. And you better stand on it always. And then we're to conduct ourselves and to work and live in accordance with God's moral law, which is truth. Do right. You know, I'm going to put it real simple to you. What are we supposed to do in the midst of all this wickedness? Do right. Doesn't matter what everybody else does. Doesn't matter what everybody else does to you. You don't sock it back to them. You do right. Always. That's what we're to do. That's standing. Be honest in all your dealings. Be honest. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't get the best of people. Always give. Always make sure they're happy. If you sell somebody something, if you, uh, you know, just make sure that they're happy with the deal. I'd rather lose money than to have somebody think that I've really stuck it to them. And because I'm, that's what's most important to me. It's my testimony. It's the honor of God. They're going to blaspheme my God if they think that I have cheated them or squeezed everything I could get out of them. I'd, how much better is it if they go away thinking... I got them. Or, you know, well, they just really give me a good deal. Be truthful. Don't lie. Don't have guile in your mouth. Be truthful. Just tell the flat out truth. Why is that so hard for everybody to do? Why can't everybody just tell the truth? That is standing in this evil day. the, The devil's a liar. What's he going to try to get you to do? Lie. Just fudge the truth just a little bit. Don't do it. If you're going to stand, if we're going to stand, if we're going to have any effect in this against this spiritual wickedness in high places, it ain't going to be your vote. It'll be your stand. Your consistency. Your faithfulness to the truth of God. Love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. You have love one for another. How you love one another. How we, God's people, love one another tells the world. It's a testimony. It's a light in this darkness. Just be what... Be like Jesus. Was Jesus hated of all men? No, no. He was hated by those few. The multitudes followed Him. Those who knew Him well loved Him the more. Did He make a difference? (laughs) Well, I think so. Would we make a difference if we were just like Him in this evil generation? You better believe we would. Be faithful preach the gospel that's what we got to do we just got to stay by the stuff and just keep on living right and doing what we know God wants us to do what he's told us to do what pleases him no matter what the world's rules are or how they change things or what they demand of us or what they forbid us been a big issue you know over this 
deal. <laughs> We're just blessed because we live out here in the middle of nowhere. And nobody bothers us. <clears throat> I've known people in churches that, man, paid a big price to meet together through all of this spiritual wickedness that we've seen in the last year and a half here. Nearly two years now. That spiritual wickedness. Mm-hmm. I seen a preacher today put a post on Facebook and he, you know, he was just testifying and he wasn't, he's no, uh, you know, he's somebody that had a strong stand about everything and all, but he, he just, he confessed that all this spiritual wickedness had just, had about overcoming with fear and uncertainty and, you know, everything. It's a powerful thing. That's why they're using it. I mean, so skillfully and effectively. Don't fall for it. Stand. Recognize. Face the enemy. Have your weapon. Have your armor on. Spiritual wickedness. You better watch yourself. Yeah, take heed to yourselves. Don't, don't. Uh, you better God better rule in your spirit, in your soul, and your body. This is not just about certain things we do or don't do physically. It's deeper than that. We don't. You don't want spiritual wickedness in you. We got enough of it. In the high places and everywhere else. All right, let's bow. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the Word of God. And please help us tonight to understand these things that we've talked about. And Lord, I've, as always, I've just kind of skimmed across the surface of the water and hit a few things and praying and hoping that those that hear would think on them and go deeper, study, and realize the depth and the truth and the the weight of all of this and and apply it in our lives. Please help us to do that now. And uh, go with us now and get us home safely, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.